Hello and welcome to Integral, a Foster and Foster podcast. My name is Travis Smith. Today I will be hosting Kurt Baxley, a senior consultant with Foster and Foster. We'll be talking about some of the pain points our clients experience in the prescription drug world. Enjoy the episode. As we get started, can you take a few minutes just to tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started with Foster and Foster? Sure. I, uh, I've been with Foster and Foster almost 15 years uh, this coming July, um, and I started on our pension side in Florida. Grew up in Florida, moved here to Illinois in 2011 uh, to work on the health and welfare side of things, and have been the subject matter expert in PBM uh, work for us for the last almost eight years. Great. So, grew up in Tampa? I did. Play baseball? Did, yes. understand. That's good. That's good. I'm going to start off with a very hard question that has been asked of other insiders at Foster & Foster. Uh, so one is, do you know what an integral is? Having a degree in mathematics, I should. Um, and the uh, dumbed-down version of it is going to be that the integral is a, the opposite of a derivative in calculus. Very good. You handled that one better than uh, Jonathan, uh, who was our first guest. But um, as we move on uh, with that, so yeah, so you spoke about how you're our subject matter go-to expert when it comes to prescription drugs. Can you expand on kind of what that means, uh, what some of the work is that you do related to prescription drugs uh, with our clients? Absolutely. So our clients deal uh, in their suite of benefits uh, being medical and then prescription drugs is one of those aspects of it. And when they're providing those benefits to their members, uh, those drugs have to flow through from the manufacturer to the pharmacy to the member at the end of the day. And the middle man there is called the PBM. And so we deal, I deal mostly with analysis of how that pricing works, how it works for the trust fund that our, for the fund that our clients are, um, and then at the end of the day for the members as well and their costs out of their own pocket. So I handle the pricing aspect of it. I handle the negotiations for the contracts that they have, the PBMs have with our clients, um, and then all the analysis that goes along with that. Um, then I'm trying to stay up to, up to speed on new and, and emerging things that happen in the PBM world, new drugs that come out, uh, what they're going to cost, what the impact might be, uh, and then those programs to help limit those costs down the road for all of our funds to help them sustain all of their assets as much as possible. Very good. What would you say uh, as you talk about and think about uh, the upcoming challenges in the PBM space? What are some of the top two challenges when it comes to prescription drugs in our clients? The biggest one is, is the emerging specialty drugs. Um, those, these drugs are starting to cost uh, north of a million dollars for them for an entire year of, of uh, medications. And, and it, ideally, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't happen to everyone in the fund, but, um, you know, these are life-saving drugs at the end of the day, and they will help members down the road um, save their life or maintain their health. Um, and, you know, you have to weigh where does that actually go uh, in the fit in the, the ideal for all of our clients, save members' lives, but at a cost. Um, so um, that's the biggest thing. Uh, that If you think about the, the growth of the specialty drugs, those are taking up almost 50% of the cost of the entire drug spend for uh, most of our groups. Um, and that's a, you're talking handfuls of people generating 50% of all the drug cost, uh, which is a big number. So that's even more skewed uh, in general, right? In medical, you have the 80-20 rule, right? Where um, 80% of your spend is driven by 20% of the population. Um, sounds like that's even more dramatic on the prescription drug yeah, side, it, specifically with specialty drugs. It might even be worse than 90-10 at that point. 
in some cases for some of our clients. And, and so with that, obviously, is a challenge with the cost, but I would also think that it opens the door to uh, be more hands-on with that small number of people to help make sure that they're getting the right drug at the right time, um, that they're taking it when they should, and really helping them manage that serious condition. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, these drugs are so sophisticated these days that they need to be taken at the right time during the day, at the right temperature for the drug. You can't leave them out on your doorstep if they're delivered to you. Um, then they expire then you've wasted $10,000 worth of medications that the fund paid for. So, you know, efficacy and adherence to these drugs is, is the main thing that's going to help groups not spend overages in, that, in these costs. Great. Great answer. Thank you. When it comes to, I think one of the things you mentioned was managing the cost and sort of the, the contracting with, with clients. How often do you recommend or you tell your clients that they should test the marketplace for that PBM to make sure that their pricing doesn't get stale. Yeah, absolutely. At, at least every three years uh, would be a good measurement to evaluate the PBM contract. We usually look at a three-year pricing guarantee anyway, uh, and at the end of that three years, we need to have a new pricing arrangements uh, set up for another three years. So uh, every three years is a great one. At the end of six months, sometimes pricing is stale. And you know we, build, we try to build in increases into the future into those contracts, which will help them keep less stale down the road, but every three years is a good, at least a good measurement to start with. When it comes to PBMs, uh, as the marketplace seems to have been changing pretty dramatically over the last two to five years uh, with mergers and things like that. Can you talk about like the, the PBMs, large PBMs, small PBM space? Yeah, the, the large PBMs are typically going to be tied to a health plan, like an, an Anthem or a Blue Cross or a United Healthcare or a Cigna. Um, and so the big PBMs are going to be attached to those in some way or form. That's happened in the last five years for, for example, Aetna and CVS Caremark. They merged together. Now you have a health plan and a PBM together. UHC and Optum, they merged together um, recently, and so that's the case. And then most recently is ESI and Cigna. They've merged together. So now you have these health plans and these PBMs working together. Then you have independent PBMs, uh, the smaller you know, mid-level to boutique ones that are going to be operating independently, and they all have their own reasons to, to pick them. Um, and those reasons change from year to year, but um, they're all going to be marketing the, the, their reason to pick them from a client-to-client basis. And not each PBM fits every single client. It's a very unique process for each one uh, due to the client size, their type of drug spend, uh, what drugs they're utilizing. Um, a different PBM might work for one client than it doesn't work for another client. Great. So a customized approach for our clients to find the right PBM. Uh, with regard to those sort of largest three PBMs, it's kind of like we're back to the future, right? When I first started in this business in the mid-90s, it was similar, right? You had health insurance companies with PBMs, and then the trend was to carve out. Nobody wanted an integrated uh, medical plan and prescription drugs. Well, now fast forward 25 years, and we're back to the future with the integration and how, you know, whether it's Aetna or United Healthcare or the Blues, their message has changed again back to that, hey, there's benefits to being integrated. So um, is that just part of overall trends, you think? Um, is, is there an advantage to that? Well, considering 25 years ago, I was 13, so I don't know exactly <laughs> how that was back then. But um, I can you tell you- You weren't focused on prescription I, drugs I was not, oh. I was not. I was not focused on any drugs, by the way. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I would say that with the advent or, or prevalence now of more data and analytics, um, there could be advantages to having both those connected. 
there could be a disadvantage as well because you might have preferred pricing and stuff like that. But there's advantages to having your medical tied with your drugs because there are, it's, there's a lot of interaction between those two. Um, and uh, so I would say that, that that would be one thing we would want to continue to look at is how can you how can you engage or interact more members based upon their medical claims and their drug spend? Well, in a carve-out world, you have to do that separately. You have to try to take two flows of data in. In a carve-in world where they're connected, you're using a health plan and a carved-in PBM together, some of those things can be integrated with each other. Um, and it's a little more easy to interact uh, with the member to see, you know, you, you're taking drugs in different cases or you've got a, some condition. They may have adverse reactions to each other. Those things can be a little more real-time for the member where you may, you know, not have that medical spend where a drug interacts negatively. So I can see the, the positives to some of those things. Um, I just, I, it's, it's takes a while, it's going to take a while to, to make sure that those are really going to be the best way uh, for pricing for our clients. As far as, um, you know, overall, I know one of the strategies we have at Foster & Foster is we're obviously driven by data, right? We're a bunch of geeks, uh, math geeks, obviously integral being part of that and really using the data of our clients to drive that. Does that apply in prescription drugs? When you look at your clients, are you looking at their data to help understand, you know, what changes to make or what's driving the cost? Yeah, as much as possible. I mean, the biggest thing right now that affects a lot of our clients is diabetes, Right there's two pieces of that. There's a medical and prescription drug piece of that. They're taking, they're getting test strips to test their blood. Uh, they're getting their diabetic medications like insulin, but they're also having to be treated on the medical side. So taking in data to make sure people are um, meeting the the requirements to keep their diabetes in check is a big thing. So you can take that data and see if they're going to see the doctor and or getting their insulin or their test strips. If they go see the doctor but not getting their stuff, they're not doing everything to make themselves managed as the diabetic. We know that a, man, a, a unmanaged diabetic is going to cost 15, 16 times more than the average person, whereas a managed diabetic might cost six to seven times the average person. So um, taking those inflows of data is huge. Um, and whenever we can get it, we'll take it and look at things like that. And there's a number of things that we can look at, but that's just one example. Great. Thanks. Uh, before we close here, one, one quick question. I think you have the unique experience of being our current CEO's first hire um, after he purchased Foster & Foster from Ward Foster. Um, can you tell us about that interview, that process, anything unique about that? Sure. I've got great stories there. Um, I'll go through my interview. Uh, being a um, athlete playing baseball, I, I made the mistake of being late for my first conditioning, and I ran the entire day. Um, I never will be less than 30 minutes early to anything in my life since then. I was two hours early for my interview. I had to drive two hours from Tampa to Fort Myers. I sat in the waiting room of our old office in Fort Myers uh, because I was two hours early. Um, and it's funny, Brad at the time with Sandra, they had just uh, had Travis. And so they were both coordinating back and forth. I did my interview with everyone in the company like we did, all eight of us at the time, or all eight of them, seven of them at the time, um, and had lunch. And then we actually had to transition Sandra to Brad so they could take off time looking at or watching Travis. So actually went in the car to, to Brad's house so they could change, then back to the office. It was also Brad's birthday that same day I interviewed, and I actually had cake at the office for Brad's birthday without Brad being there because he was back home watching Travis. So uh, it was a, an interesting uh, interview process. It was a very enlightening one. 
uh, not knowing much about the actuarial field when I even went down there for my interview. Um, but understanding and listening to Brad talk about the field definitely created a spark in my intrigue in doing this. Very good. And for our listeners, um, Brad and Sanders youngest, his name is Travis. So Kurt wasn't obviously referencing me in that conversation. Um, and it probably goes back to more of uh, their time in Texas with a lot of things like Travis and things like that. Um, that would be related to Travis. But uh, Kurt, uh, thanks for the time today. Uh, I think that was great and appreciate uh, you jumping on uh, Integral. And for our audience, thanks again for being an integral part of our day. And until next time, take care. I want to thank everyone for listening today. If you liked what you hear and you want to hear more, please subscribe to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Apple, Google, or Spotify. Or if you'd like more information on Foster and Foster and how we work with our clients, please go to our website, www.foster-foster.com. Foster.com.